Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Business of Design podcast. We are so glad you're here. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. Otherwise, I'd be talking to myself. Um, so many of you have reached out and you're asking for more, more, more. You remember that song? I'm not the only one, right? Uh, we, I love your enthusiasm, by the way. And uh, when you have a topic idea, we want to hear about it. So please send us your episode suggestions. We're all ears. Uh, send them to us at businessofdesign.com. And if you're a member, Thank you. You can also send us course suggestions. In fact, I'm working on one right now that has to do with reviewing back-end organizational strategies and systems, and that was a member request. So we hear you, and uh, you keep us on our toes, and we appreciate that. Keep coming back and keep coming up with these great ideas. This episode, uh, number four, all about the process of styling, took a turn I didn't quite expect. The guest, uh, Jillian Gillies, I have known for a long time. Uh, Jillian is a principal designer and founder of Jillian Gillies Interiors, Inc., an award-winning British residential designer who has called Toronto, Ontario home since 2003. In addition to running her referral-led design firm, did you hear that? Referral-led. I love that. She's letting people right away know, right in her bio, which I assume is also on her website, that clients refer her. That's a very positive message. So in addition to running her referral-led design firm, she's also co-founder of Design Docs, Inc. And this is kind of thing that happens when an interior designer marries an accountant. You end up with a software program that helps professional interior designers run the back end. We have been using Design Docs since its inception, actually before its uh, launch, and have been super happy with it. Now, you're going to love what Jillian has to say about the styling process, and you're going to hear her wisdom, and I think she's going to convince you before the episode is through, at least this is what happened to me, that when it comes to styling your client projects, there's a lot more you could be doing. Like I found out, for instance, this woman leaves her clients with monogrammed robes. Oh my gosh, monogrammed robes. I got to step it up. On this episode, I think Jillian and I really bonded over how easy it is to blow those client referrals and to blow getting repeat business, two things I don't want to happen to you. And I've told this story a lot when I go and speak to live groups about being Canadian fired, where um, the way I used to work, I would show up at the client's house and I would show them a floor plan and they go, oh yeah, that's great. We should do it. Yay. And I'd leave that meeting and I'd come back a few weeks later and I'd show them a couple of elevations because we were doing a built-in and they'd go, oh, that's awesome. Amazing. When is it going to be done? And I'd say, oh, I, I can't tell you that yet. There's more to do. I'm going to come back in a couple of weeks and I'm going to show you some drapes and some area carpets and a couple of lamps. Oh, that'll be fun. And I show them that and they go, yeah, this is awesome. And now we've had three, four meetings and they say, when is this all going to be done? And I say, well, I, I let me finish showing you everything else. And then, so we, then we have another meeting and I, I show them a few more things and the client says, wait a minute. Uh, I can see that you've got a chair there. Um, I can't remember what the sofa looked 
like you showed me this sofa last month. Can you show me that again? And began the process of going backwards, taking steps back and beginning to question when it was going to ever end and how much the whole thing was going to cost. And the process was so labor intensive and so frustrating. And so what would happen is, yeah, I would eventually get the sofa ordered and the drapes ordered and the area carpet ordered. And I'd get a lot of that stuff in place in the client's home. And then inevitably, the client would say something like this, you know, Kimberly, we just love everything you've done. And uh, I think we're just going to finish it ourselves now. And I would say, oh, no, uh, you don't, you don't want to do that because we still have to do the artwork and I haven't put in any pillows and a throw and you need a, a vault. Oh, no, no, no. The client would say, don't you worry about a thing. They just opened a TJ Maxx or a Home Goods or a Home Sense, wherever you live, whatever that equivalent is. And we're just going to pop over there on the weekend. My girlfriend's really good with this stuff. And uh, we're just going to finish it ourselves. And for years, I thought it was just bad luck, bad luck that this was happening to me. And then one day it hit me. It's not bad luck. You've been fired. You've been Canadian fired because Canadians are so polite. They're so kind and they're so polite. And I'm not saying my American clients aren't, but there's, there's just a real attention to being gentle and kind. And so rather than saying, look, we're done here. I need you to wrap it up and get out. What they would say is, we love everything you did, and now we're just going to finish it ourselves. The result of that, of course, was A, I was fired, and that feels lousy, but much worse than that, of course, the result was I never ended up with any finished rooms in my portfolio. I was never able to photograph anything. And then that, of course, is compounded by the fact that no client would hire me again, so I wasn't getting repeat clients, and I wasn't getting any referral clients, because even if their friends came over and liked some of what I did, by the time the clients finished it themselves, it was a botched job. So getting Canadian fired, getting American fired, getting Australian fired, Belgian fired, doesn't matter. It's a really painful thing. And the reason I created Business of Design, in fact, one of the big pushes to create business of design uh, and that 15-step process was to make sure that I could start the project and finish the project and have no disruption to that entire thing. So we're talking about styling today, which is kind of at the end of the train, not quite the end of the train, but at least at the back half of the train. And I was unable to get to that process too often. So this is a subject I am super passionate about, and you're going to find our guest is super passionate about it as well. Before you meet Jillian Gillis, I do want to send some love to my good friends at Patrick Reynolds Media. They are experts in producing, filming, editing videos. And Patrick, he is an amazing guy. He's the head guy over there. He's also able to coach you on your on-camera performance. So if you are thinking it's time to step it up and provide professional video content on your website and social media channels, video content that's going to attract the right type of client and get you some more exposure in the world of PR and marketing, then you may want to give Patrick Reynolds Media a call. You can find them at patrickreynoldsmedia.com and at businessofdesign.com in our podcast section. Now, let's jump right in and talk about styling and how much it matters. (laughs) 
I've had the pleasure of working with Jillian, of course, through Business of Design, but also as Design Docs. So in a way, I'm your customer, you're my customer. (laughs) And uh, we share a lot of like-minded thinking when it comes to running your business. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today, Jillian. Well, thank you so much for, for asking me. And we decided to talk about a topic that's very important to the two of us, which is styling. We're kind of joking that it ain't over till it's styled. And um, both of us, I think, have had the experience where the client uh, got us to buy all the big furniture, but then didn't want us to finish it for one reason or another. And I think I can speak for both both of us and say that was in the past, and that isn't what happens now. So I want to hear about your styling process from top to bottom, and we can kind of start wherever you like. Okay. So I'd say my styling process has definitely developed as I've gained more experience in the industry and also as I've got more confident in the results I want to deliver for my clients. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it just, it does come with experience. And I think we can really underestimate the power of accessorizing a room, but ultimately what my clients hire me for is they hire me for a finished space and I think if you ask anybody that the hardest thing and I think even as a as a designer when you when you're working in this all day long sometimes the hardest thing is getting those finishing pieces mm-hmm. so if we're if we find that difficult you know it's, it's, it's something that's very easy to pick the wallpaper pick the draperies pick the big pieces but it's the small things that really make a place sing right. it's the thing that just completes the room and I think it's one of those things that it does take it does take time you've got to be thinking about it throughout the design process and therefore if we struggle to do it our clients on their own don't have a hope in doing it Mm -hmm. and they don't understand what's they're missing in the room and so I think it's it's twofold you're when we don't complete design things when we don't accessorize our clients can be left with a very sort of lackluster backdrop which isn't completed but also all their friends and family are coming in going right. oh because they don't quite know what's missing as well mm-hmm. and they it, just I know it's it not can, right it can just look yeah so we talk about accessories really from the very first meeting when we meet with our clients we do you know an initial tour consultation and we when we're discussing the scope of a potential project, we, I bring up accessories and, and styling then. So if we're in the living room and there's an existing fireplace mantle, you know, we we talk about, you know, potential pieces that will go on there, that, that we're going to have a mirror, we're going to have art, all these things. So it, it, it sort of starts to develop the idea and the client's head and also in my mind is to all the areas that are going to need all mm-hmm. these all these finishing bits and pieces um when we're starting work on a client project we actually have sort of a line item for accessories for each room that we're working in and although at the time of the client presentation at the time of that meeting i won't know down to the exact dollar and cents the value of the accessories going in that space, but I will have a pretty good idea in that if I have a huge wall of built-ins that I know needs filled, 
I know there needs to be a big right. number assigned to that line item. And so we budget for these things. And it is where it's, it's the one thing I say to my clients, everything else, we we follow the business of design method and we get all our pricing. And, and I really mm-hmm. like to go back to my clients with you, this, this is your this is your firm proposal but in terms of accessories that is the one item where we do have a a budget line but it's a line that I want to have in the proposal so it it gets people's head around this is this is the potential total price for the project and so we'll put a budget number against things and that also makes me think up front about how many things I how many things I need what Mm -hmm. what pieces in the room am I dressing am I looking for art am I looking for mirrors what am I doing um so that from the get-go, it is it is always part of the project scope. Um, so what I think it, I hear you saying is that it's something that needs to be talked about early in the process so there's totally. no surprises. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's key because a lot of people wait to the end and, and don't bring it up because it feels like, oh my gosh, it's going to be another expense and it is going to be another expense. But mm-hmm. the other thing mm-hmm. I heard you say is that um, the room isn't finished without it. And I don't know of any client who ever hired any interior design professional who hoped that they would get their space about 70% of the way done and then not have a plan for the remaining 30%. So when it doesn't no, finish... I've had clients um, earlier who have maybe hired me and said, okay, if you can do do all the big stuff, you know, we'd, we'd love to do all the finishing touches. And initially I, I used to say, yes, okay. Um, <laughs> but it, then I'd get the call sort of six months later going, we can't live like this. This is not fun. This is not how we want to spend our weekends. Right. Come back now. And can you just get this finished? Because they suddenly realize that it's it's like a chore. Yeah, okay, and but that's a good scenario. The worst scenario is they actually yeah, finish it on their own, right? They finish it on their own, <laughs> yeah. and then their friends come over and go, oh, my gosh, who did this to you? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there goes your referrals. Are, yeah, are the accessories on top of the mantle, and they're going, what? Um, and it actually had nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. So this yeah. is so important yeah. to us that we don't even take on projects where they balk at the beginning about the styling process. And anybody who thinks they have everything they need to finish the styling um, is probably wrong. Uh, because usually at the point that we come in, they're changing their style, they're changing their design, they're changing the feeling. So the accessories that went with the old house don't go with the new house. No, and either people will have, it's actually it's amazing, sometimes I find people will just have nothing, and you're yeah. like, whoa, okay. I find books, like like the amount of books we have to bring into projects right. for, for styling and photos, because people just don't buy books anymore. No, they don't, and, and so an iPad is only so much thing. decoration. <laughs> Aha, I know, and I was just like, Oh my goodness. So yes, we, um, books are good people. Keep hold of them. Sometimes clients will have, I mean, we'll always ask and say, look, do you have any pieces that mean something to you or come on, you must have, you know, you must have something. Um, and then with their consent and normally with them by our sides, we will sort of do like a top to bottom rummage in their, in their house. And sometimes clients can have really unique fun pieces that they don't see anymore that mm. are perfect 
in a bookcase or something. So we'll sort of try and figure out what they have, photograph it, measure it, so we know, okay, where this could potentially fit. But then, yeah, then you're then you're off looking to fill right every every other space and. So you're trying to be respectful if they have something that they want to reuse. Um, you're giving totally. it some considerate thought and figuring out yes. the best placement for it. So it's not that you come in and mm-hmm. go, everything must go, which is, you know, the stereotypical no. designer that people imagine sometimes. Uh, but the fact of the matter yes. is some accessories work better than others. And we do sometimes have to hurt people's feelings and say, I know you love that. Yeah. Um, but uh-huh. we think it looks best. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way is a euphemism for <laughs> this can't stay here. Yes. <laughs> don't you don't yes, you have uh-huh. a cottage you could take it to? Okay, I want to go back to the I very know. beginning because this is second nature for you now. I know you're a busy, busy firm. I see your photos all the time on your website and social media. Go to the very beginning. You just met your new client. You're introducing yourself mm-hmm. at the consultation. You mentioned already that you kind mm-hmm. of talk about styling. What else do you do at that consultation to let them know that styling is part of the process? We will talk about things. Um, let's pick a room because then some. I always like to. It's easier to tell tell a story when you've got a room in mind. So, say we're doing a client's dining room. Mm-hmm. and they've heard us and we're in the dining room, we're talking about the dining room and I've maybe got a, a wall with windows on it but then I've got sort of three empty blank walls and there's no artwork in sight. So that's when we'll have a conversation about budgets for artwork. Mm-hmm. Are they interested in art? Is it something they would they would like us to research and come back with ideas for them? Is the is the price of artwork, is that even in their budget at this stage? Or should we consider something like a really bold patterned wallpaper? Like what is going to work with them and their budget? So we make it pretty clear from the get-go that something needs to go on these walls. Mm-hmm. What, what potential options do we have? Are we going to paint the walls and add artwork? Are we going to do like a grass cloth and then add art on top of that? Are we going to do a collection of convex mirrors? Are we, are we going to do a patterned wallpaper? There's multiple ways mm-hmm. of dressing a space that can meet multiple budgets. Okay, but the point is you're talking uh, about it very early at that first yes. meeting. Yes. Okay, what about your contract? Yes. Does your contract refer to styling? My contract does. I can't quite remember what it says, but it, I think there's a line in it, probably that I have stolen from you. There's a line <laughs> not in it, stolen, given freely. Something about no, but that's you know good. What I mean? um, from from one from one of the conferences or I think there's a line, and I think we've probably tweaked it a little bit. So I think the line because we include because we include budget sums for styling per room. Mm-hmm. We we have a line in our contract that stipulates that. Um, this is just a this is a budget estimate, and right. actuals will be will be presented. Okay, um, but the point is, you've let them know that you're very serious about it because it's there in your contract. Totally. So there's no yeah. way when it comes to the end of the project that anybody's going to be surprised that you turn around and say, "And now for accessorizing." No, because also we will have taken a deposit against our budget value of the accessories. Yeah. Okay, I like so that. That will have been taken up. 
I like that. Because we're, we're ordering a lot of times accessories. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing a, say we're doing a whole house and you have got every room to style and there's multiple built-ins and there's multiple stuff, I tend to order um, directly. So we'll, we'll work with, with vendors directly in, in the States mm-hmm. and then we will ship in a container load of accessories right. um have you know 50 boxes delivered to right. delivered to project site and then unwrap them all in style mm-hmm. and style but that's when we're really we're planning ahead and we're thinking okay we need four pieces that are mm-hmm. 14 inches high to go on those four shelves what are we going to pick do, 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 do. and then we're and then we're planning it down to the right. to that level of level of detail well so we've already taken a deposit, and then also the balance payment before the things even come right. on site. And then what we're sometimes left with is um, if there's a if there's a variance between if we thought the budget was going to be X amount and it turns out to be less or, or a right. little bit more. But now, you know we that we a- do the styling uh, a little bit different. I don't take a budget up front, but I really mm-hmm. like your idea, and I think it's going to be really, really effective for a lot of people. So question for you, if it's a living room, just a standard mm-hmm. kind of – 30 by 20 living room and yet you have a mm-hmm. bookshelf and you need a couple pieces of art. How do you in your head quickly come up with what you think is going to be a budget while you're standing there at the consultation on the spot? I am rubbish at coming up with budgets on the spot and I really hate not to do I really hate to do it. If I'm if I'm pushed then I sort of do the high-low question with somebody and I'll say, okay, on this wall, you know, you need a piece of art. We're probably looking at something, you know, 50 inches wide by 36 inches high. Am I looking at, um, you know, something that's a little bit nicer than a poster, but am I looking at, you know, $1,500 or are you looking at, or would you consider, you know, an original piece of artwork as an investment mm-hmm. that we're Probably minimum is going to be about six thousand, but we could do, we could be six, twelve, twenty thousand mm-hmm. for art for that wall. How often do you find the clients to, will go at the higher end when you make that higher low suggestion? How often do they go high? A lot of times they'll say, "I'd love to see what my options are." Okay, and then you're like, "Okay, so let's go sourcing." But then, how do you and budget? Then come well, what I'll do then, as I am, as I'm, so if I'm looking for original artwork, I'm sourcing that prior to the presentation meeting. Okay. So when I come and I present to them, if it's a if it's a big piece like that, that will be detailed in their proposal. Makes so sense. So they will have a they will have a firm price for that. Yeah. Okay. Good. So you're just really trying to gather as much information as you can about what um, the styling is involved. I had the experience so many times uh, in my 30s. Um, when I would try to get money out of the clients for things like I need three white vases to go down the center of the dining room table. Invariably, um, and I'm just generalizing here, so forgive me, but invariably the husband would say, she has vases. 
She doesn't need more yeah. vases. And I say, oh, no, but these are so beautiful. They have a bracelet cuff around them, and they're going to be so gorgeous. Uh, she has vases. Uh-huh. And so I, I kept getting shut down, uh, which is why I don't yeah. really reveal now that I'm planning to do three white vases down the center of the table when I do styling. So have right. you run into that as well, Jillian? Um, I think sometimes when you go back with the proposal and it's normally, it's always a bigger number than clients want it to be. Always. You know, and, and, and all fairness, like I, I always say whatever budget somebody gives me, it's, they normally need, it's normally going to be double that. It's roughly what they're going to, is what, what they're going to need because we all, I, I know when I'm doing my own home, we all want, we all want the budget to be less than, than, than the reality is. But I think when you're, when you're going back and it is a sizable number, but the client can look you in the face and go, but that's it. And you say, yes, this is down. So this is your bathroom. So we've got your towels. You've even got new right. monogram bathrobes. You've got the, the you know, the nice tissue cover wrap. We've got, you know, Are you everything. giving people monogram mm-hmm. bathrobes? I got to step it up. <laughs> <laughs> we work with, there's a great... Jillian is one to watch. Okay, go ahead. It would be most beautiful. I hate, me, like, like me, like, like, like tissue paper, like just stick it in a drawer. But most people like to have a box of tissues on their vanity countertop mm-hmm. or it's in their powder room. So we always insist that if clients are having tissues in a room, then they always have a nice cover for them. So there's a couple of companies we work with. One does a beautiful linen um, for a little square box of, of tissues and you've got like a little linen cover for it that's got contrast piping along the bottom and those you can get monogrammed and they're super cute they make a gorgeous client gift um Wait, so do you mind sharing the, the company project. with everybody sure so um legacy linens okay legacy um, linens everybody are they are they an linens. american company canadian company they are an American company. Okay. Um, and they do them in a terry toweling. They do them in a soft, um, very tiny sort of quilted fabric. But they are really beautiful. And then they have towels to match, and the towels all have contrast banding on them, oh. either with ribbon or stitching. And that kind of thing. And then they do beautiful um, shower curtains as well. So, so you, what you're saying you know, is you're really paying attention to all those small, small details that are going to make the project yeah. at the end. Yes. Yeah. And I think what we forget is that we have access to things that our clients could only ever dream of accessing. Mm-hmm. So when you go back, we just did a, a, a powder room for clients just before the holidays Um and I know they have a a lot of people in their house um, on on Christmas Day. <laughs> They're sort of in like the twenties or low thirties, um, and so for for them it was an ideal choice to get. We've got beautiful acrylic trays that hold um, you know disposable paper paper um, towels, you know for for guest towels, and just those little finishing touches right. that you know you can 
pop in a little tray. You can see, okay, I've got you, you know, six yeah. six packs of, of these hand towels, you know, you yeah. can see your guests over the holidays. And it's all those little things, but yeah. it's just, it's also the things that their friends and family notice as well mm-hmm. when they're in there too. Yeah. And so, and your, and your clients genuinely feel cared for. You've taken care of every single little thing. And yeah. I think that's what accessorizing does too. It's more about, or I should say it's, it's less than just having a finished space and just having something I can photograph and add to my portfolio. You genuinely want people to feel that they have been cared for, mm-hmm. that they open up a drawer in their vanity and you've got all the dividers are in there. Yeah. You know, if it's like, especially if it's a vanity and it's a teenage girl and you just know there's going to be makeup everywhere. You know, we put liners in the bottom of the vanity drawers that are e- easily removable so they can be washable. Right. You, know, you just, you, we try and think of, everything so right. that and the clients have invested all their money in their new space that they can just you know mm-hmm. move in and, and enjoy it well, you know down to making sure there's 20 rolls of toilet paper you know when they've, <laughs> if they've moved out and they're moving back in yeah. and you're just thinking you know who wants to suddenly go oh that's great we're just back but there's actually no soap and there's no yeah. toilet paper and you know blah, which blah, is blah. which so is we, why we're always joking that our jobs are so glamorous you know we're lugging 20 uh-huh. rolls of toilet paper onto a job site <laughs> yeah but it's those little things that yeah. just make people that they're cared for. And I imagine that is what gets their friends talking and is why you have such Mm -hmm. a strong referral-led business that uh, so many people who call you say, I saw your work over at so-and-so's house and she just raved about you. And sometimes it is those little things, the drawer liners that got somebody to pick up the phone and make the call. So at the very beginning, you're talking Uh about accessorizing. You're even providing a line item in the budget. Do you have some go-to kind of percentages by room, like is it 30% of the budget? Is it 40% of the budget? No, I don't. Actually, it kind of really depends on... It depends on the clients. It mm-hmm. also depends. So say it's a family room and they've got young kids and a cat and a dog. Mm-hmm. There is a limit to the amount of pretty things you can put at little person and pet level. Right. You know, so I think who's living in the house sort of very much dictates right. a lot of the pieces you're going to put in. Um, and also, I think just the, I don't say the age of the client, but just where the client is also at in their life. I think it's certainly the accessory budget does very much relate to right. um, the, the spend in the house. So, um, well, okay, let me ask you this then. How often are you spot on about the budget? How often do you bring the accessories in for exactly what you budgeted ahead of time Mm. for? Oh, God. Um, I'm probably not. I'm probably always, because then I probably always fall in love with something. I'm like, yeah. um, And then the clients are like, well, do you hesitate to bring something extra if if you know it's going to be more? Do you bring it and say, yeah, I wouldn't either? Never. I always bring it. Because I know by that, because I know and I think my clients understand by that stage that I think sometimes clients don't, can maybe not understand just how invested we are in their spaces and how mm-hmm. much joy we get. Like I, like I will go, I will physically fall in love with a fabric. I won't be able to see past it and that will be the entire 
entire starting point for their space. And so from that tiny scrap of fabric, that that I have seen one day, you know, I've then designed an entire room for them. And so I I think clients can sometimes maybe just think, oh, you do this all day and it doesn't really matter. But I think they very can quickly pick up on those of us who do care and where it really yeah. does matter. And they know that we're bringing things in that are just perfect. And I get really sort of excited you know yeah. I, I will be like and it can be like a beautiful little dish I remember we did a master bedroom and beautiful little um bowls to use this sort of like just ring and loose change bowls and they were I think they were like 12 dollars each they were exquisite and I, I remember a client looking at me oh my god those are gorgeous and then I turned them over and they started the price on the bottom. It's just like, oh, that's unbelievable. She said, yeah. like, you know, this could have been $120, you right. know, but it's just, it doesn't always come down to the price, but it's just the, the thought that you've taken to ensure that things are perfect. And it is nice to show them sometimes that the budget isn't, it's not always the most expensive thing you went for. Sometimes it's a nope, $12 bowl and it's gorgeous. Um, okay. So yeah. you, you budget ahead of time. You have this line item for styling. Do you get pushback mm-hmm. very often right then? Um, let's say you've gone through no. the house and you've got 30% uh, listed as a line item. You don't get pushback. No. Okay, so it sounds to me I like it may, may be worth tr- trying, right? The only time we've done that is if we suspect the client um, might bulk at the amount later. It's only been a couple of times that we've done it. So just to so for the right. listeners, what we do is we borrow all the accessories at the end, we place everything, and I would say ninety percent of the clients take ninety percent of the stuff we placed. And I had the experience mm-hmm. um, working the other way where they would bulk at the amount of money to accessorize. And sometimes they would say, well, we'll save money. I'll do the accessorizing myself. And then as you said earlier, you can't get beautiful photographs. You don't get referrals. It just doesn't work. So we're sending everybody out there with two ways to try it. One way is to create that line item up front at the consultation or in the presentation budget rather. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the other way is to do it the way I do it. I'm really curious. I may try it uh, your way, uh, Jolene, just to see how it goes. Uh, uh, The important thing is you're talking about at the beginning, you're letting them know it's a critical part of the process and the room isn't finished without it. Mm -hmm. Even, I think it's on my website that we say, you know, down to all the, you know, down to all the styling pieces to give you a finished home. And I've actually had a couple of clients, um, who've contacted us um to hire us who have mentioned oh you you do all you do all the styling pieces good that's what i want because i i think especially people who've who've, who've tried themselves <laughs> very quickly realize just how hard it is and i even find you know I mean, we're based in in toronto it's a big it's a big city but still sometimes you know you're you're trying to find those just those unique pieces for people and it's really hard and Mm -hmm. that's also I think why we put a budget line in early on so that we have time if we want to specially order in pieces for clients that I'm I'm not just reliant on what is in the local stores when I when I'm when I'm looking to style a style of something yeah that makes a lot of sense to me 
Um, we do projects in Toronto. We do projects in Los Angeles. And it's so funny. Sometimes I'll bring my Toronto-sourced items to Los Angeles, and sometimes I bring my LA-sourced items to Toronto because if you live in one of the other cities, you don't see what the other stores have. So it's kind of fun for my American no. clients to say, this came from Canada. Or, you know, or the uh-huh. Canadians go, she bought yeah. this in Santa Monica. Um, so no, this is, there's a lot to think of when it comes to styling. It's not just a matter of a couple of pillows and a throw. You mentioned some specific no. items for the powder room. So, uh, a, a monogram yep. tissue cover, et cetera. What about the master bedroom? What do you do in there to let the clients know that you've thought of everything? Okay. So master bedroom, there is, I think there's always just, especially boys, because we have our we have our handbags, but boys tend to come home and just empty the contents of their pockets. So <laughs> my boy I does. <laughs> like to have. <laughs> so I always like to have um, a gorgeous, whether it be metal or or ceramic, gorgeous little dish that's just like a loose change dish mm-hmm. on the guy's side of the bed. Um, I like a little jewelry holder, so like a ring holder earrings, you know, just the sort of final pieces you take off before you go to bed at night. Um, sometimes they'll have a little tray so they can hold um, a nice hand cream or something. Um, if we're doing master closets, we always like to put in brand new coat hangers for clients. Ooh, what kind, do you so go with the, do you go with wood or do you go with the velvet um, the velvety, graspy. Type. I like wood. Yeah, it looks I've so handsome, the doesn't it? Ones, but I, it does look so handsome. And the velvety ones are just they're too. Like I get them, but I just they tend to get fluff and stuff on them. You know, like with if you've got wool sweaters or cardigans and things, yeah. and then they can start to look kind of. Yeah, you know, we don't have any issues, do we, Jillian? Yeah. No, none at all. We're no, we're no, like no, grooming know, our hangers. God. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I, I take all the hangers from the dry cleaner back to the dry cleaner. He's like, why don't you why don't you keep them? I'm like, no, you can reuse them. I don't I don't want those hangers in my but, closet. So do I. I know it's a it's a, it's an issue. It's it's I know it's yeah it's hard being us. One Um, thing I didn't ask you about, and I thought this was a really good um, suggestion or part of your suggestion to put the budget up front, is you are avoiding asking for a second big check at the very end of the project. They've sort of paid in advance for all those accessories, and I like like that thought. Do they comment on that? Do they say, yay, we don't have to pay anymore? What do the clients say? As I say, there is always sticker shock. In a presentation, always it's always more than what people had hoped for, I think. But when everything's broken down, it's very easy to see where the number, how the numbers got into the numbers got into. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of accessories, I think by the time that you've shown them um, the pieces that are going in the room, and you know. You've got a beautiful cocktail table, and you're saying, "So, on here we'll have a tray, and we'll have this, and we'll do, 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 do. And you're sort of you're telling the story of the room, which is ultimately how they're going to live in the space. Right, and, you're romancing it a little bit. I mean, ultimately, you romance it. And ultimately, that is what that's my job. You know, it's just it's to it's to find them things and source them things and 
and sell them the magic that they didn't know existed. Right. Or even if it did exist, they didn't know they could they could they could actually have it too. Okay, you touched you know, on something I there I want to I want to ask you about, which is this. How often do you go to a new client and you tell them all the ways that you work, which sounds so organized and linear and lovely. And how often do they comment that, oh my gosh, you're nothing like the last designer we have. That was chaos. Do you hear that a lot? That once they find you, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm home. I'm never leaving you, Jillian. It's funny. We're working with, um, just recently hired by, by, by two clients and it's, it's taken a lot of Time. It seemed it's taken a, a lot of time for them to just be able to go. Okay, I'm with you on this. And I think if people have, if they have bad experiences before, mm-hmm. um, I've got one one lady who she she seems. I don't know what's happened in the past, but she did. She said, "No, I I don't want things just turning up here and without me." you know, knowing what I'm getting. And I'm thinking, how does furniture furniture turn up and you don't, and you don't know it was yours or what what was ordered. (laughs) And I'm just thinking, there's no way that's going to happen. So I think sometimes you have to undo the damage that has been done in the past that you're not aware of. Um, And so it just takes, just takes time. But then I think if you have, um, like all the testimonials on my website all refer back to a project that's featured on my website. So it's very easy to see that the testimonials are not made up, that here's somebody's home and here's a testimonial. Right. But, you know, it's, it's very easy. And so I think there's a, there's a huge trust factor. Mm. Um, you have to build trust. if they haven't come to you to use accessories to bring the job up. Right. No, ultimately we need to be of service to our clients. If we're going to make them happy, our job is to be of service to them. And so there is a degree you're thinking about when you're with that client of how much, how many accessories this client needs versus that client. And it might Mm -hmm. be a very different need. Mm -hmm. We touched on money. We touched on the fact that for the clients, it's going to cost money. But what we haven't touched on is for the designers, you can make money on accessories and more than just Mm -hmm. the money you're going to make from physically selling the accessories, which is not insubstantial, you will not get repeat and referral clients if you don't get them all the way to the accessorizing state. So in a way, business of design, the 15 steps were almost could be credited uh, with being created specifically because I had so many clients who would let me go after we bought all the big stuff um, 30 years ago, right? right? They would just run out of money. They would right. run out of time. They'd run out of patience. I didn't have a process for getting mm-hmm. them from to start from start to finish. So you can make money yeah. when you're selling accessories and that's going to pay you two times, three times, four times over by getting you referral and repeat business as well. Yes. Totally. Okay. Because- Jillian, you're co-founder of Design Docs. We use Design Docs in the office. I know a lot of designers who do. Um, we do our worksheets and our tracking and all that kind of stuff through the through Design Docs, and we're very very happy with it. How do you um, how do you track the accessory line items through there, mm-hmm. um, do, or do you? It, is it just as easy to put in an allowance as it is to put in a firm amount? So, if we're doing, say, an entrance foyer, I will have a I will have a 
a line item that will say, you know, finishing accessories. And initially that will probably just have a budget number assigned to it. So we might have, you know, $3,500. At that point, I probably won't have it assigned to any particular vendor. But in my mind, I'll be thinking, okay, I need to get, we need a seasonal indoor-outdoor area carpet. I need styling to go on top of the console. Um, there's a bench I could do with the toss pillow. So I've sort of got like a, a list of the pieces that I know that are, are going in, in the foyer. I've assigned $3,500 to that. And then when we're sourcing for items, we will then sort of expand on that single line item and then add items in per, per vendor. I like to keep all the detail because then when I'm then quoting on a on another job, I can right. then look back to this one and go, yeah, okay, that one was roughly about the same size, the same scope. How much do we do we normally budget for when it comes to the foyers? Okay, there's four projects. Yeah, okay, this this number works then. So I think it if makes you it can, so much easier, doesn't uh, it? Oh god, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, and then you're not having to reinvent the wheel every time you're you're proposing or you're coding it makes it far far more right. efficient and you can say to the client you know the last four houses we did with entrance ways this size you know we budgeted thirty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. and it was perfect so you're giving the client some yeah. confidence that you know what you're talking about as well i want to move to yeah. the and we're also sort of naming things yeah just to give them an idea of what's going in here so right it's not like a mirror dollars and you'll yeah and you'll get like a a crystal ball for thirty five hundred dollars. You know, <laughs> saying to them, "Okay, you're going to have," blah, and blah, you'll blah, blah, like blah, it. Blah, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I want to move like to the end of the styling process, or at least the the middle of right. the styling process, which is when you're on site. You said earlier that you may have ordered a bunch of accessories, and they've all arrived at the project site. I was unprepared. Yeah. And ill-equipped the very first time I did the turnkey styling for how much packaging, I mean, boxes and bags and paper and bubble wrap and receipts. And oh Oh, my gosh, it's madness, isn't it? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's why it's also very, very good to have it in the budget so that it's not stuff you're then having to repack up and somehow get back out of the house again. Yeah. Um, Because we sort of consider all our accessories you know, it is, it is, they're, they're sold, they're, they're paid for. So we have all, if we're ordering in sort of sheer volume of accessories, um, then they will go to our local warehouse. So we use, we use Mittman. So they will take receipt of all these boxes um, that have to be delivered to a loading bay anyway. So they will all go there and then they will come when Mittman are doing either they'll come on the same day as the furniture delivery, mm-hmm. or if it's something that's been spread over a couple of days, then we'll have them back on day two to, to, to bring all the styling boxes. And then they will actually assist us in unpacking everything. That's huge. Getting it into the rooms that we want it. Yeah. And then most importantly, we pay a very nominal fee for them to take away all the boxes and the paper and the polystyrene. Right, because if you leave that in the house, there's no room for the clients. (laughs) It's that much stuff. Oh, God, no. So one of the things... No, and you can't physically... 
move it either. No. One of the things that caught me off guard uh, when I first started doing the turnkey approach, you mentioned that you hire the movers and they bring everything and that's great. So we did that. We hired mm-hmm. the movers. They brought everything. They put it in the house and they say, bye, see you, lady. And then we had 5,000 boxes to open and product to take out and styrofoam to get out of the way. And now we yeah. know that we hire the movers not just to deliver the items to the project site, but we hire them for an internal move. That's what they call it, an internal move. And that means that they're on site. All those movers are on site to help us open boxes, take out product, inspect Mm -hmm. that it's in good working order, plug in lamps, take Mm -hmm. the packaging away. And as you say, for a nominal fee, they'll take that packaging away and put it on the truck. And when the clients come home, the house is beautiful and they don't have a bunch of packaging laying around. So it's a lot Mm -hmm. more involved than just getting the stuff to the job site. And one thing... And that's, I think... Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> There's a bit of a, a time delay, so we're and we're super excited about the topic. Sorry. So we keep talking on each other. But you go, girl, you go. Oh, I was I was going to say what what generally happens is they come with a full truck and they leave with a full truck. Right. But it's a full truck of empty boxes. But it's that volume. And I think what you if you are not hiring movers to do this for you, you can greatly underestimate mm. the amount of accessorizing you need because then you're limited to how much stuff can I and my assistant get in our cars. Right. And, and I will, t- is, and, and, and I'm going to say too, optically, that's not a good look. The clients are paying you whatever your hourly rate is. Do you mind if I ask what your hourly rate is, Jillian? I'm really putting you on the spot now. That's fine. Um, so I bill out at two forty-five. Okay, so two forty-five an hour. Here comes your designer. She's billing out at two hundred and forty-five dollars an hour, and she's schlepping bags from um, TJ Maxx yeah. and Winners and uh, other fine stores from her car onto the job site. Well, the client can tell really quickly that that's not good use of money. Um, so that's one yeah. problem. The other problem is if you're not an insured mover and you break something or you damage something, your insurance will not cover the item you broke or you damaged. So it makes no sense for you to be moving things in your own car. Run a professional business, hire the professionals, and then we bill the clients for the time it takes the movers uh, directly. We don't mark that. We don't mark those expenses up. They go directly to the clients. And um, they're always shocked, I will say, by how expensive moving, freight, shipping, all that kind of stuff is. It's expensive, but you can't do it without it. You can't do it without it. And it's, you know, I always see the clients, it's, it's like you are, you are physically moving house. Mm. You know, we did a job last year and we literally, I, mean, I think we had, it was just, it was a main floor. And because, but because we had so many accessories, <laughs> they had, we had a truck with three guys and they were just dealing with accessories. Wow. And then a truck with two guys dealing with furniture. Right. And it was insane. And I just remember the client, he popped home at one point and he's just like, what? Yeah, he, couldn't, he couldn't believe the volume of people in his home and then also just the volume of boxes and packaging. But if you don't have a team on site oh, wow, who yeah. are opening and then as soon as a box is opened, taking it immediately away before they're bringing more stuff in, you just end up in an absolute Madness. mess. And then as you <laughs> see, you're the one who looks really unprofessional, you know, yeah. because you're then you know, schlepping stuff that you shouldn't be eating. Right. Yeah. And this, and of I'm course, all happens at step 10. And at step 11, the clients walk through the door. 
um, if everything goes yeah. as planned. And they go, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And the last thing you want is the clients to walk through the door and find you sweating with boxes and styrofoam everywhere, explaining why you're not quite ready yet. So um, be wise, yeah. hire the movers, get them to stick around for four or five hours for an internal move. Uh, and I always um, mm-hmm. get the cleaners to come in after that toward the very end of the day, about two o'clock. Um, if the clients are coming home at 5 p.m. for the reveal, about 2 o'clock, the cleaners come and they'll take all the stickers off the mirrors and off the vases and, you know, all oh, that stuff idea. that takes oh, yeah. so much time. And again, the optics oh. of you spending, uh, of you taking your time, Jillian, to clean the floor and get all the yeah. styrofoam off it at $245 an hour is ridiculous when a cleaner Even will come in and do it for $40. Dyson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not good. So you never My want little the portable Dyson. <laughs> of no, of course, know. of course. Um, okay, so there's a lot more involved to styling than um, picking up some pillows and throwing them on the sofa. I always have in my consultation bag two photos, one of a room that's finished but doesn't have any accessories and one of the same room with the accessories. And when I get a client who says, I don't know, I think we'll do the styling ourselves, I whip those two photographs out. And if they don't change their mind from looking at their those two photographs, I know these are not my clients. This is not going to be a job that I can do. So I would I would say I agree with you. It's it's just that important. Jillian, you're a fantastic guest. I want to end by asking you some, some fast questions uh, and hopefully okay. just off the top of your head, some big okay. value answers. And you've been very generous. So I want to say thank you for sharing your hourly fee because I know that can be really hard for people. I appreciate that. Hopefully a lot of people are listening going, 245 an hour? I need to give myself a raise. Um, and maybe Jillian, yeah. you need to give yourself a raise. It has, has it been a while since you had a raise? It has been approximately two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I just get so awesome. it, was, it was New Year, New Year. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. 225 and I went up to 245. So. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> because I knew I was going to be talking to you. So. <laughs> Good, because you no. know it's the first thing I ask all the time. Okay, quick question. <laughs> what do you love most about your contract? Yes. What what item or line or paragraph in your contract gives you great pleasure all the time, saves you on a regular basis, you just couldn't live without it? Something in your contract. Gosh, I don't know if it's anything specific or it's just the fact that I have one and I, for a long time, I didn't. And then I went to business of design. I did the one, two, three. Um, And I remember thinking, yep, this is what I need. You know what it probably is? It's probably the line that requests the retainer. And that the project does not does not start until we get a retainer. Ooh. And so before having a contract, I wouldn't get retainers. Right. Because I was felt really awkward yeah. asking for money. So yeah. I yes, that that's the magic. Lots of us have money issues, so the contract can be your paper courage, yeah. and that's great. Okay, now, oh, totally. I, before I even ask you this question, I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be, but is there something technological that helps you do your oh. job better all the time? Yes. Well, I'm going to say a couple of things here because um, obviously Design Docs um, has changed my life. Um which keeps all my clients' projects running on time. And the fact that we can share it internally right. um, is phenomenal because I've gone from a 
a spreadsheet world of using Excel and then freaking out when I realized somebody else had the same document open at the same time. Right. You knew that. In there. Were lost. <laughs> so I love design docs for that. And we also use, we, we, have a, we have an in-house rule that nothing is allowed to live on anybody's computer. It has to be in the cloud. So we, everything is in, if it's not in design docs, it's in Dropbox. Yeah. And that has been, because I have like, I've had two computers just kind of down yeah. on me. We love Dropbox. Um, We're really just, happy with it. Camp. So I would say that also is a is a we have everything in there and it is a godsend too yeah. for like all your vendor pricing and yeah. everything. So good. Yeah. All right. Um another question for you. What's your favorite system? Each of the fifteen steps is a system, but within those steps there's systems on systems on systems. Do you have one that you just think is just a game changer? I, you know what I love, I, I really like the fact that, and I'm, I think it's step, is it step 13 or 14, um, when it talks about deficiencies. Oh, yeah. And that we will acknowledge and 12 we will deal and with. 13. And I love. Two steps related to two steps. Yes. And because, again, it, it comes down to the whole retainer thing. It's the things that a lot of times clients think because they're they're working with us that that somehow means every single thing is going to be perfect and <laughs> quite the opposite it never it never <laughs> it never is right. and I always used to feel really bad that I couldn't guarantee that for people uh, but right. experience has taught me that you can't so I love the fact that the 15 steps talks about deficiencies and how we handle them and having those conversations with clients up front and getting them to to understand that even with the best will in the world, with everybody pulling in the right direction, somewhere along the line, something unpredictable is going to happen. Every single single job has deficiencies, yeah, without question. Okay, here's another one. If you were just starting out or you could reach out to somebody who is just starting in design school, what's the first thing you you would tell them they should do? before they do anything else? I would say think bigger than you currently are. I think, and it might just be a female thing, but I think so often we tend to think, we tend to think quite, quite small. We don't want to overstep our mark. I think it's crucial to, to think where you want to be within the next five or 10 years and really think, think strategically about what things you're going to need in order to get you there. Yeah. And you're so right. It might be a female thing, but I can't tell you how many uh, business of design members, um, when I ask them what they want to make this year, they say 30,000, 40,000. And I think, man, oh man, oh man, why they're not reaching for six figures or seven figures. uh, It's, and I was the same way. I was exactly the same way. So the fact of the matter is you can make more money, um, and you deserve to make more money and you don't have to justify making more money. It's okay. We live in these capitalist societies, uh, and we provide great value and great service. The final question I'm going to ask you is this, what are you excited about ahead? What do you want to implement? What are you looking forward to? What's got you all excited about your future? Well, I'm currently looking for a new office space 
So that's got me, it's got me disheartened because the one that I thought was mine oh, is not mine because it. it's now gone. Um, but um, I'm over that because it obviously wasn't the one. So, um, yeah, so that's what I mean. That's my, that's my big mission for this year because I really need to add another team member. That's and awesome. And I'm just thinking, okay, Jilly, you're not... You're not getting any younger, honey. So just get with the program. And so <laughs> that's my big thing this year is to get, is to, awesome. get is to get a bigger face. I'm very yeah. excited for you. It couldn't happen to a nicer, more talented designer. And I've watched you grow over the years. So for those of you listening who think Jillian's just out of your league, uh, I promise you... Um, Jillian would be the first to tell you that if she can get there, you can get there too. So uh, take her advice and do exactly what she said and uh, you'll be in great shape. Jillian, thank you so much. I hope you'll come back another time and uh, we need to go to High Point again. We haven't done that for a while. I know, I know. (laughs) Yeah, because that's a a talking of accessories. Yeah, that can get you in a whole pile of trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so, so much for being here. Thanks.